we're going to enjoy this tonight, but on Friday, we're going to have another team meeting and we're going to get locked in on next year. Welcome to the latest episode of Protect the Rock, the Clemson podcast from The Athletic. I'm Nicole Auerbach, joined as always by Grace Rayner. And we are thrilled to actually get to talk about some football. Some football has been played, Grace. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a fun opening weekend too. I mean, I didn't know if week zero was going to be topped in terms of zaniness, but the football gods smiled upon us yesterday. Well, when you have a coach who is in a hospital bed <laughs> at the stadium coaching a game, I think that's, I, I feel like that is not going to be topped this entire season. No, there's absolutely no way. Like, I just, I really wish I could have seen, like someone had to put that bed in an elevator, right? And right, right. Like, who were the people who, who physically who physically got it up into the coach's box? I have so many questions, so many questions about that. Same. But we also had we also had three true freshmen who had double digit comebacks against Power Five opponents. Like, it was just it was a crazy weekend, except really for the top teams. And I feel like Clemson against Georgia Tech was exactly as we expected, and that's kind of how you know Alabama went and some of these top teams this weekend. But Grace, you were obviously there on Thursday night against Georgia Tech. So, you know, let's let's do the highlights. Let's do the lowlights. And then um, let's discuss Trevor Lawrence's performance because apparently it was a little bit uh, polarizing. So let's talk about the good. Let's talk about Travis Etienne and what he was able to show. I mean, I don't think it was anything was surprising, but he was he was electric. And for those people who care about week one Heisman's, I mean, he's in the mix, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Travis is he's a guy that I think we all got, you know, his freshman year, we got our first true glimpse of him when he broke off an 80 yard run in garbage time at Louisville. And that's when we were kind of like, whoa, this kid is crazy fast. And then Obviously, last year he broke out and was the ACC Player of the Year. And so going into this year, you kind of wonder, okay, how does Travis Etienne get even better? How does he have an even stronger season? And the biggest thing I took away from Thursday was, all right, this guy, I know they're playing Georgia Tech, and I know we need to take that with a grain of salt to some extent, but this guy feels like he's in midseason form just running all over people per usual. Well, one thing that always jumps out at me about his numbers, too, are like 205 yards on 12 carries. Like he doesn't. He, he's so efficient and so, I guess, just electric. But he has these huge plays, but it doesn't take him a ton of carries to get there. Like, the wear and tear is not quite there as it is with some of the other running backs, like Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin. Like, is that something that's that's Travis, or is that, like, the way that they're calling runs for him? I think it's probably a little bit of both. But, I mean, you're right. This, is a, this kid, he just – I think you can pretty much take to the bank almost every week he's going to break off a long one, like the 90-yard run that he had on Thursday night. Um, I think it was tied for the longest run in Clemson history ever. Like you're going back to like the 1950s and, you know, several decades to to find a run that was as long as that. But, yeah, he's just so explosive. And you're right, he's not – when you think of him, you don't think of him as like a workhorse running back like you do some of these other guys. Right. He's just get and go. Right. So like, for example, like I just looked it up. So Jonathan Taylor had 307 attempts last year, which is the same amount essentially as Travis had his entire career entering last week. Wow. Like he, he, so, so to me, it's just like, he's so fresh compared to that. And listen, Jonathan Taylor is one of the best players in the entire country. I love watching him too. He had those week one Heisman moments too, which hopefully all of our listeners understand that I hate people who bring up Heisman 
and Heisman <laughs> moments this early in the season, and I am making fun of them. Um, but like he was also sensational week one too. But to me, it's just so interesting that there's such a discrepancy there in terms of the workload and the wear and tear. So I think that's going to be something that's really interesting to see moving forward. Um, what were some of the other highlights for you from the Georgia Tech game? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously Clemson went out there and did pretty much exactly what we thought they would do. Travis was a big one. Um, I think Clemson had 632 yards of total offense. They ran 79 plays defensively. You had some some guys. Denzel Johnson got his first career pick. That was a big moment for, for Clemson. Tyler Davis, the freshman defensive tackle, got his first start. Clemson started to answer some questions there. So I think overall, I mean, you look at the numbers, you look at – how big they won. Obviously, this game was over pretty quickly. But I think if you're Clemson, you're feeling good about the fact that, okay, we can now sit down, watch this tape, answer some questions, clean some things up, move on to the biggest game of the regular season, which is obviously Texas A&M next week. Yeah, yeah. And and so there there are areas to, to clean up. I mean, I don't think anyone really played like a perfect week one game anyway. But and we're going to get into Trevor Lawrence in, in a second. So what were some of those areas that they focused on and said, we need to shore these things up after the game? Yeah, I mean, I think I was looking back at the stats, and one of the things that jumped out to me after we went back and looked at it that might not have registered as clearly in real time was Clemson had six penalties, and a lot of them were from some veterans on this offensive line. And that surprised me. This is an O-line that's supposed to be one of the best strongest deepest most experienced units on Clemson's entire team and yet you have John Simpson called for holding Gage Cervenka called for holding John Simpson called for holding and then you had an illegal procedure and so those are the type of things that I think they're gonna certainly want to clean up but that jumped out to me just because these guys are all seniors Jackson Carmen is the only starting offensive lineman that is not a senior so that surprised me for sure yeah, and, and, and I thought, you know, in general, and, and it helps that they were going up against a Georgia Tech team that's trying to change the identity of its offense. But I thought, you know, one of the things we talked about last week was was that front four and the pressure and things like that. And I thought the defensive front looked pretty good in that game. Um, but there, I'm sure that that's areas that they want to continue to grow in, um, in, in just the type of pressure. And like you said, I mean, they're going to be going up against Kellen Mond. He looks great. He looks like he's in midseason form already. Um, so I, I would think that it, there might be little things defensively too that they that they wanted to shore up. And I know you know you give up two touchdowns and the game was well in hand by that point. Um, but I'm sure you're not necessarily thrilled by you know kind of taking that 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 foot off the gas a little bit late. Yeah, and I think one of those late touchdowns, I'm pretty sure it was Kayvon Wallace, the the starting Clemson safety who got burned on that one and. You know, that, that's a senior. You know, I know I understand the game yeah. is, is garbage time at this point, but that's still one of your starting safeties, and that's a senior. So that's something they're going to you – know, we know Brent Venables. Like, he's not going to – he's never happy anyway, but <laughs> – he, he, he was um, – he looked like he was in midseason form. Oh, my gosh, and, and his get-back coach. Yeah, you know, I had talked to his get-back coach um, a couple years ago when everyone else started to have them. I mean, he had had his own personal guy for a little bit. And, you know, I just got to say this, like, you got to be on him a little bit more. He looked like he was free and roaming by himself too many times. Like, you know, the get back coach, you really need that hand like in the belt pocket the whole time with Brett. Yeah, honestly, my favorite moment, and I think we talked about this um, over the weekend, my favorite moment of probably that whole game was, 
I think it was a timeout or something was going on. There was breaking the action and Venables was like angrily tucking his shirt back in. Like I just thought that was <laughs> oh, yeah. so funny. Like <laughs> he it was like, what's the, what's the point? First of all, it's, it's coming out. It's coming out in a he second. Looked so mad, like you know, kind of like when your mom tells you, like tuck your shirt back in. It was just yeah. Get back, coach. Though he's I don't know. He's got one of the hardest jobs I think in college football, especially with Brent Venables. Like he Brent Venables is in good yes. shape. You know, he's not. Yeah. He's not. And he doesn't sit still ever. Like that's one of the toughest jobs. I would also say whoever had to roll Hugh Freeze's (laughs) hospital bed into the stadium. That was also one of those were the two most difficult jobs of the weekend. I think I think we can. I want to know if that thing like does that fit in enormous in a normal elevator or are you going service? It had to be. It had to be a service elevator. Like it had to be. Can you imagine him in an elevator with fans? Oh like my coming to the game, man, I, there's just, I can't get enough of the story. I can't get enough. And then how um, did he get up there? If he was not on, was he on the bed in the elevator? Like how did he get up there? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. There's so many unanswered questions. So many, um, <laughs> but back to Clemson. Um, let's talk about Trevor Lawrence because it was interesting because you wrote about Trevor's day and the comment section was really divided about what they thought about his performance. So Let's look at the stat line first. So he was 13 of 23, 168 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Like, not great. Not what we're used to seeing out of Trevor Lawrence. But if you watch the beginning of the game, the first half, like, I thought he looked really good. And I thought, you know, that when he chased down, when he threw the interception, chased down the guy, tackled him. Like, I thought that was a great athletic tackle. Um, I know people were like, oh, he just pushed about a bat. Whatever it was, people were just, why are we praising him? He threw a pick. I get the fan reaction on all those things, but overall, I thought he looked fine. I thought he looked still like Trevor Lawrence, but the stat line really does not back that up. Yeah, I'm with you, and I I thought the same thing. I thought the tackle was pretty impressive from my view. I mean, I thought he, like, I thought he, like, almost leveled this dude. Like, he didn't just, you know, politely shove him. Like, this was a full speed, I'm going to knock you. And, I mean, even afterwards, Trevor was like, I... As soon as I threw it, I knew it was a pick. And he literally said, like, I wanted to go kill him. Like, this was not Trevor Lawrence, like, trying to be dainty about this. He was like, I wanted to go basically destroy this guy. I thought that was impressive. Yeah, I agree. Um, I thought that I thought that showed something that we hadn't really seen out of him. I thought that he got involved more with his legs than we hadn't seen. Definitely. You know, like, I thought he looked I thought he looked pretty good. I thought he looked, like, pretty speedy out there. Um, and I thought that that, that could potentially add another element. I mean, I I think, you know, you're, you're, it's early season, you know, you're coming off of eight months of just practice. People have been talking about how great he is, how he could have gone in the NFL draft, could have been a number one pick if he'd been eligible, all these things. Like, I think it's, you, you gotta get some of the kinks out of your system. And I also thought that like the tackle and some of those some of those runs really showed us something that he's adding and working to add to his game. Yeah, agree. I mean, honestly, I feel like the last time I saw him hit someone that hard was when we were all buzzing in the offseason about how he chucked that kid in intramural basketball. Like, I don't yeah. know that we've seen just kind of like I think that's the competitive fire that 
Clemson coaches talk so much with Trevor about, but he's so poised and he's so chilled out that sometimes we don't really see that side of him. And so I thought that was cool. And then I also, yeah, I agree with you. Just using his legs. He had a big pickup that, that got negated by, I think, a holding call by John Simpson. But, yeah, he just looked way more mobile, way more comfortable running. And I think you're right. That's another element that they're going to sprinkle into his game that, that really should just make him even more dynamic, even more balanced than he already is. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Um, all right. Well, so we're going to introduce a new segment for our Monday podcast because Mondays are for The Bachelor. And if you follow either of us on social media, you know that we are avid Bachelor fans. Um, hashtag so obsessed. We are going to, hashtag obsessed. So we are going to, <laughs> each Monday, we are going to give a rose. We each get a rose and we get to give it to a Clemson player, coach, for whatever reason we want. Basically, like how the show goes. You can give a pity rose if you want. You can, give, you can give a rose to the person who did the best in the game or somebody who did something cool off the field. Whatever it is, we're going to do a rose ceremony every Monday in season. And Grace, I'm going to give you the honors of getting to give out the very first rose of the Protect the Rock podcast. So I feel the floor so, is yours. I feel so honored. Okay, I think this is obvious, but I'm going Travis Etienne. Just because it was week one, he, especially if we're talking first impression rose, obviously Bachelor fans know all about that and how coveted it is, but he just came out of the gate just absolutely on fire. And he's, I just love interviewing Travis. He's such a, he's such an interesting kid to interview just because he's so, he's so chilled out. And I, and I really sometimes honestly don't think that he understands how good of a football player he is and how fast he is. Like, I think he thinks that this is just, oh, you know, I woke up today and just like ran for 200 yards, like no biggie. And so I like the combination of you're going out there and you're destroying people, but then you're also really humble off the field and just really only care about Zaxby's and Popeye's. So I'm going Travis Etienne. (laughs) I like, I like his vibe. Did we get to the bottom of his thoughts on the new Popeye sandwich, or is that still TBD? So he has not had it, which actually really surprises me. What? I know. He's like a Popeye's OG kind of guy. You know, like he's been on Popeye's before Popeye's was cool because he's from Louisiana. And so um, he hasn't had it yet, which really, really surprised me. And now he's now he's really out of luck. Like, when I don't know when the sandwich is coming back. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, maybe instead of a rose, we will give him a <laughs> Give him a sandwich. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good as someone who did get there before they ran out. Um, so my rose is going to go to one of my favorite moments of the game of the weekend. Um, was not really in the game. And it's something that I think is really, it really pulls at the heartstrings and is part of the reason we love sports so much. And it was Kirk Herbstreet talking about his son's wearing Clemson jerseys. You had that that photo, the still of, of them and uh, Will Swinney as well. And to me, I just, I want to give them a rose just because it's a cool moment for someone's proud parent to, to get to see that and to be part of something like that. And, you know, and, and for, for Dabo and his son. And it's, I don't know, like there's just something really unique and really cool about sports and these moments. And that's why when you're watching, you know, you're watching Oregon Auburn and they're going to Bo Nix's parents and you're just like, you feel the stress that they feel and you feel the pride that they feel. Um, and, and, and that's just one of my favorite things about college football is getting to know the people behind the players or the players behind the coaches or the players behind the uh, the broadcasters. So, so that's where my rose would go. Cause I just thought it was a really sweet moment. And it's just a reminder of, you know, when my parents coached me and what that meant to them and this 
talking like youth league softball, but to see that, (laughs) you know, in this type of stage, I just thought was awesome. I dig that. I like that a lot. Yeah. And I mean, obviously Kirk has such a huge job himself, so it's cool to see him kind of balance. Okay. I'm going to be dad. And then I'm going to also go be one of the most intelligent, you know, respected broadcasters in this game. So I like, I like where you're headed. I like where your head's at. Yeah. Also, you know, walk-ons deserve love too. Yes, they do. That's why we get roses. That's why we're allowed to give them out to people. (laughs) Um, So we'll be doing that every Monday, Grace. I know that it's going to be your favorite segment of our podcast. So I just wanted to let you know that this is, this is something we're doing. This is something that probably our other podcast friends at the Athletic Network are going to copy us. I could see it happening. Oh, me too. I mean, little secret about the athletic. There are a ton of Bachelor fans. Like, I don't, I've never worked at a place where I felt so understood about my love for trash reality television. <laughs> well, and how about the fact that we're the minority? There's only like three girls. Yes, that's the best. That, <laughs> where a lot of our male <laughs> colleagues are, are very into it. And, and there's so much crossover with college football. And that's kind of the funniest part that. So you know, much you guys yeah. like a former Wake Forest quarterback go on and almost win the show. And so um, so we sort of feel like it's about work, but we will be doing <laughs> that in every Monday podcast. Um, you know, something has to balance out our, our Thursdays with Taylor. So um, in, in case you missed that, we will have a Taylor Swift themed segment on Thursday shows. So we are getting uh, we are getting our little, you know, offbeat. Our, our hobbies, our interests, our, our other loves beyond college football into the show. Um, but, you know, I, I, on a football standpoint, back to, you know, the thing that we actually do for our day jobs, um, <laughs> I wanted to get your thoughts. Let, let, let's go around the ACC or at least, you know, around Clemson's schedule uh, because I, I feel like we learned a lot about some of the opponents on that schedule and especially some of the ones that are coming up soon. I mean, you know, I mentioned Kellen Mond earlier. He looked great. I mean, they played Texas State, but Texas A&M looked pretty solid, um, you know, kind of coming out of the gate. They had a weeknight game as well. Uh, that's up next. That's a huge game. We're going to preview that more on Thursday's pod. Uh, but then you've got Syracuse, and then you've got North Carolina, and you you were at the North Carolina-South Carolina game this weekend, so I want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, and then Florida State, and we learned a lot about Florida State this weekend too. Man, um, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so let's <laughs> – Let's start with North Carolina. Um, you know, it was it was a really fascinating game and, and comeback there by Sam Howell and, you know, that, that big win for Mac Brown in his first game back, and he got emotional afterwards. What did you take away from that North Carolina team? And, and I guess more so just what they showed in the way that they came back to win that game. Yeah, you mentioned Matt getting emotional. I think that maybe is an honorary rose for moment of the weekend. I thought that was just such a cool moment where he was tearing up on ESPN, and then I, I don't. I'd give him a hundred roses for his dance moves. That guy, I I, I love that. They were impressive. They were pretty impressive. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, game wise, you know, I think we all went into this game pretty much assuming South Carolina was like this should have been an easier task on South Carolina's schedule for a team that has a really tough schedule overall. And so I don't think many people were expecting North Carolina to win this game. But to me, I think there were a couple takeaways there. I think that um, some it was kind of in the middle in terms of I think this game showed the potential that North Carolina has, but I also think it showed the glaring issues that South Carolina has. Like I think that 
this team is just way further behind we, than we thought that they would be in terms of Will Muschamp's group. And then I think if you look at a true freshman quarterback, I know we touched on that earlier in the pod, but Sam Howell, I think that I think he's going to be a star someday. You know, I think this is a, a huge environment for him to come out. I think someone said that he was the only true freshman to start at quarterback in a season opener in UNC history. Yes, and this, yes, it is. Yeah, that like that's insane. And this was a this was a game. It was a neutral game. I mean, I know it was in Charlotte, and and it was near his hometown. So I know that he probably had a bunch of fans and family, and his high school coach was there. But I think it showed the potential that North Carolina has. I, I don't I don't think that Clemson needs to be wildly concerned by by any stretch of the imagination when you look at that matchup here in a few weeks. But I think it got their attention. You know, Clemson fans yeah. were watching anyway. They love watching South Carolina lose. But uh, if you you perked up a little bit, I think if you were watching that game. Yeah, I, th- I think that's probably fair. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm with you that Sam Howell is going to be a star in this game uh, as well. I mean, the true freshmen who did what they did, uh, we, you know, we're going to get to Florida State here in a second, and Boise State had had one of those true freshmen who did that double-digit comeback. Um, but but the, the, the more bigger takeaway is probably South Carolina. I, I thought yeah. Jake Bentley was – so bad down the stretch. Um, the, those interceptions he was throwing. Like, sure, UNC's defense is better. Jay Bateman was a great, great hire. I've been around the Army program a lot in the last couple of years, and he's a great defensive mind. But Jake Bentley made it pretty easy, I thought, like down the stretch in that oh, game yeah. for UNC's defense to look pretty good and keep giving the ball back to Sam Howell. Yeah, and I mean, this is a senior quarterback. Like, this is not some guy that just rolled up at age 18 and you said, good luck, kid. You know, I mean, this is a kid who he has been here, done this. Um, Yeah, I I mean, I don't know. If you're South Carolina, do you now open up that quarterback competition? I I think you almost have to consider it. You have to start at least looking at, you know, I don't know, make him earn it again. But, yeah, that was – Well, or you're you're just – being okay with the fact that this is who you are. I mean, I think that this opener kind of lowers the ceiling for what the season's going to look like for South Carolina, especially if you stay with Jake Bentley. Like, this is just, this is who you are, and this is what you're going to get. And I would think that Clemson fans are probably kind of salivating at a chance to look, you know, with what the, the team that they saw, yeah, they're getting them at the end of the season, and probably there would be steps forward, but... I don't know. To me, it just it feels like there's there's a cap on this team, and it's not very large. Like there, yeah. there, this could be like a four win team. Yeah, I mean their schedule is insane. It's funny that you mentioned Clemson fans salivating. Right before we started podcasting, I went to the grocery store, and there were some Clemson fans talking about it in Publix, and they were like they're already chomping at the Are bit. They giddy? That, yeah. Oh my gosh, so giddy. I was just trying to get my low sodium turkey, you know, and they're like going at it. So Grace, Grace, you can get full sodium. Oh my gosh, I know, but I'm like trying to live a long life, Nicole, you know? <laughs> okay, okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> um, so one game that I'm not sure you watched much of, um, or anyone really watched much of, but saw those little, um, the clips of Hugh Freeze that were going around going viral was the Syracuse game, because that is who Liberty was playing, in case anyone kind of forgot that they were actually <laughs> playing a game that they lost and they were blanked. Um, and I, I thought Syracuse, it was fine. I mean, you're going to beat a team like Liberty. They're independent. Um, their coach is coaching out of a hospital bed. I, I do think Tommy <laughs> DeVito was fairly, like, cringeworthy if you're a Syracuse fan. Um, you know, his line was not good, 17-35, two interceptions, no touchdowns. And it's going to be interesting 
because Syracuse has been a thorn in Clemson's side the last few years, but those teams had Eric Dungy, and those right. teams were not this team that kind of – it took a while to put away a Liberty team. Right, yeah, I think that – I mean, look, we've, we talk a lot about Clemson-Syracuse, and we have for the past two seasons, and we will again in a couple weeks when, when Clemson goes up there. But you're right. This is, this is not an Eric Dungy team. This is a completely different look, and this is a different dynamic for Clemson as well now that you've got a, presumably healthy quarterbacks and, and the whole quarterback battle settled. But, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how the, how the chatter kind of ramps up here, though, in the next few weeks. All right, so it, it actually already is. Um, we have a voicemail that I want to play for our listeners. Um, if you guys want to call in at any point and ask us questions, give us thoughts, um, the number to call is 908-271-8395. Um, so I want to play you this, and then we'll react to it. But this is a voicemail we got from Ted from New York. Hi, this is Ted from New York. And I was wondering, uh, it seems like Clemson has quite a big Syracuse problem. I was wondering why you think that might be, um, you know, why they, they tend to not play so well, especially in the Carrier Dome, and do you think they'll ever win in the Carrier Dome ever again? Um, follow-up questions, will Trevor Lawrence sleep at all the night before playing Syracuse? He seemed to be quite intimidated by that fast defense Um that Dino Babers runs, and um, yeah, looking forward to a, a great game on September 14th, I believe it is. Take care. Okay, so so I think the the obvious answer to the question about whether or not Trevor Lawrence will sleep the night before he plays <laughs> Syracuse is yes. I'm yes. sure he'll be fine. I don't think that he will have <laughs> nightmares about the Syracuse Orange. Um, but you know, I I just think it's going back to what we said earlier. It's it's not the same Syracuse team like so much of their identity was wrapped in Eric Dungy and his toughness and the way he was able to kind of will that team through difficult moments and they just don't have that anymore yeah I mean and I think too you look at from the Clemson side of it Clemson goes up there two years ago first half Kelly Bryant gets hurt second half backup quarterback last year Syracuse comes to Clemson the Kelly Bryant, Trevor Lawrence saga is officially over. Trevor Lawrence goes out there. First half, Trevor Lawrence gets hurt. <laughs> Second half, back of quarterback. Right. So the odds of that happen if that happens again, I mean, then I don't even know what the odds of that. I don't know. I would be well, stunned so, if this happened again. Then, then there's like some sort of like voodoo magic or right. something going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I. That's the word I was looking for. Voodoo. I couldn't. I couldn't find it. Thank you. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm interested to see that game because again, we haven't seen that many ACC teams actually kind of pose a threat to Clemson over the last couple of years. Um, but that I, I, I just, I don't see it either this year. Um, a, another team that historically has done that, but again, not in the last couple of years is Florida state. And I don't know what to make of FSU after what they did at Boise State. I mean, this was a team that actually looked pretty good in the first half. Like, we had been talking all season long, and we talked with Tashawn Reed, our Florida State beat writer at The Athletic, about quarterback play and the O-line. And could Kendall Bryles really jumpstart that much of the offense? And it, and it did for, for a half. I mean, that I was like, hey, this is a fun offense. They're moving the ball. Um, they're doing a lot of different things. 
And it did look like the offense as Kendall Bryles has run elsewhere, and that got him hired in FSU in the first place. And then it all just falls apart in the second half. Yeah, I was looking, I was reading The Athletic this morning, and I was reading Tashawn's story, and the, the headline is, here we go again, question mark. And yeah, I mean, I think that you just, obviously, I, I did not watch that game, full disclosure, I was attending the UNC South Carolina game, as we just discussed, but I mean, I'm reading Tashawn's story, and I'm seeing, like, players are in tears, other players are angry. This just seems like it's kind of a mess for week one with a team that we thought was not going to head down this path again. Right, and and I think you've got to be definitely concerned about you know there were there was I think we counted this earlier three three and outs in the in the second half. Um, let me just read you since ha- after halftime these were Florida State's drives: punt, 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 fumble, punt, 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 turnover on downs. Oh my like gosh! That that was the offense in the second half, and that puts a lot of pressure on your defense because they're out on the field so much. And Boise State was just tearing them apart. So it, it almost creates new areas of concern if you're an FSU fan. But to me, it, there's just still so many different things they're going to have to do to fix themselves before they can get back to that level where it's Clemson and FSU kind of owning the ACC. And it's early. It's overreacting to week one. But I don't know that that's going to be necessarily much of a challenge on Clemson's schedule here in a few weeks either. Yeah, I mean, I think they blew, what, an 18-point lead? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah, at a game that was uh, home, correct? <laughs> like, uh, Yeah, it was rescheduled because of the hurricane to be yeah. a home game. Right. Against a true freshman quarterback, which no true freshman quarterback has started at Boise State week one since they became an FBS team. And, wow. you know, and, and that's what happened. So... It, I thought it was it was a pretty telling weekend for some of these ACC contenders. Um, obviously, Boston College had a nice win over Virginia Tech, so there there were some high points. Um, but I I do think it definitely changes kind of maybe your level of concern on some of these teams. If you're if you're a Clemson fan, you're trying to work yourself up on certain games that you might not <laughs> need to worry about. Um, I think that there were enough kind of flaws shown over the weekend that uh that that kind of speak to that um grace before we go i wanted to get your thoughts on the the college football playoff picture everyone's got clemson penciled in alabama penciled in and i'd argue after week one i I don't really see any reason not to keep the other two teams that everyone keeps thinking are going to get there in in georgia oklahoma maybe ohio state i I thought those (laughs) three teams all kind of looked the way that we thought they would and and are probably still in that mix maybe if oregon doesn't blow the game against auburn they kind of come into that picture because there was a lot to like until the end of the game but to me it's still kind of the same old suspects yeah, same. I, I I agree with you fully. It's just here we go. Here we are again. You know, we're one weekend. But yeah, I think you're looking at Clemson. You're looking at Bama. You're looking at Georgia. You're looking at Oklahoma. Ohio State is always in the picture. Yeah, same old, same yeah, old. I mean, I would love to get some fresh blood in here eventually at some point. Like looking, same. looking at you, maybe Michigan, maybe Texas. I mean, I was looking at you, Oregon. You had every chance. <laughs> in the world to do it. Um, Washington looked pretty good with, with, with Jacob Eason as the quarterback. So maybe there is that hope coming out of the Pac-12. But 
You know, it's uh, it, it really is looking like the same old usual suspects, um, at least after week one in uh, the college football playoff countdown. And that's it for this episode of Protect the Rock, the Athletics Clemson podcast. If you're on iTunes or really wherever you're getting your podcast, please rate and subscribe and give us feedback. Um, we'd love to hear from you what you like, what you don't like. Again, if you have any thoughts or questions, you're welcome to call us at any point, 908 271-8395. We love to listen to our listeners and hopefully get you more involved in the show. Um, but really just please rate and subscribe and respond to us because we want to hear from you. We do. Yeah, we're always trying to get better here, Nicole. And send us some voicemails. Come hang out. Yeah, and come give Grace better suggestions of things to get at the grocery <laughs> store than low sodium turkey breast. Come on, like we, we need this is this is partially why we're here to help help Grace pack a better lunch basically okay i texted you um, what i bought it's a good lineup okay 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 fine um so on that note please uh stay tuned on thursday we will have a bonus episode for subscribers at the athletic only so if you're not a subscriber you can be and you will get our game preview for texas a&m but otherwise we will talk to you soon and thanks so much for listening